You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies, and I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. And we're here doing Mr. Robot Kill Process. I think this is episode 3.4, because as always... No? 3.5, I think, because as well. It is episode 6, but it's 3.5, because he hates labeling things correctly. I hate that. The first episode of the season always gets the point O, and I'm like, oh my god. You're killing me. <laughs> killing me, Smalls. You really are. Yet again, we'll, we'll get into the rating very shortly, but shout out to the music department, all 50,000 of you, because I mean, that's what? pretty much what IMDb listed you as. He tried to, uh, like, he really did try to look you up and, like, give, you know, a specific person credit. Do. Yeah. But, uh, but unfortunately, there are a lot of you that make this magic happen. And each one of you should be appreciated because fantastic job on this episode. Shout out to Sam Esmail as well, you know, our Lord and Savior, because I was text. We rarely text when we're watching the show or anything. And I blew up your phone immediately, like even as the episode was starting. I was driving and like while you were watching it and my car does this thing where it sends this little like ping noise over my car speakers whenever i get a text so it's like bing, bing, bing. <laughs> oh beautiful and it was literally like bing, 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 like just like i was like did somebody die <laughs> <laughs> yes the rest of tv died because i forget what you named uh last week's episode but oh my maze balls blow my brain just give you all the awards Something along those lines. Yeah, I think it was like, oh my god, so amazing, make an award and win it. Yeah. Dot com. You did, even with the WWW to start it all off. But as I posted on Facebook and Twitter and everything, I said this show managed to pull off back-to-back episodes. Like the two best back-to-back episodes I've ever seen in TV. Like, I'm really, really upset and how much I liked this episode. Yeah, because I blew it up, I hyped it up, and I even said, I was like, dare I say, it's better than last week's. And I was like, shut your whore mouth, but... By the end. It was better. And it even got you with a twist, and you never, you never get hit by the twist. No, I never get got, ever. I was like, this is weird, like, this is kind of happy, I don't understand. And then the minute I started seeing people on their phones, I was like, no. Something happened. No. no. And then when the but, end happened. Yes. But before. I audibly gasped. <laughs> we're going to Tarantino it and go all the way back to the beginning. Yes. Which everyone knows how I feel about the opening scenes, like the opening credit, Mr. Robot and everything. This was crazy. It was over black screen. I was like, uh. Yeah. Right off the bat. No intros or anything. Just Mr. Robot. And then happy go cheery lucky. Back to the Future music, and I'm like, God damn you, Sam Esmail. You, you did it again. Why are you like this? <laughs> like, why, why do I feel like you're doing this just for me, even though you're probably making millions of people smile? Like, oh man. And I love that we go right back into that conversation Which with one? Angela, though. Because well, not like, yet. Because oh. at first, it's just Angela with Mr. Robot as a little girl and everything. Oh, yeah. I completely spaced on you that did. part because I was so excited to like get back into the action. And we will get there, don't worry. But what did you feel about this scene? 
because I have a lot, a good bit to say about it. Well, I mean, you know, it confirmed our interview little girl theory. Yes. One. They do have the same actress playing young Angela and interview Angela. So, you know, time travel, time travel, time travel. Not necessarily. I want to drop something on you a little bit later. All right. So then, you know, we have that. Um, I definitely like the fact that, you know, we sort of had some extra, because, you know, we've been seeing what she's been doing lately, and yeah, of course she wants revenge for her mom, but it's hard to agree with her motives concerning, you know, how she's been treating Elliot, because you're like, oh, don't you love Elliot? Like, isn't he your best friend? Whatever. And then you see this scene where she's talking to Elliot's dad, and he's like, well, sometimes Elliot needs a little push. Be there to give him that push. Yeah, which really kind of helped make this, like, all make a little bit more sense. But I I, I have to say my favorite part of the whole opening was, uh, number one, Angela's mom's eyes are ridiculous. Like, her (laughs) eyes are the, you know, season one Angela hair. Just (laughs) that. Um, and then also when she's like, is Elliot coming? And he's like, no, Elliot's yeah. not feeling well. I was like, cause you pushed him out a window, you crazy <laughs> dick. I don't know if this was around the same time. It was, yeah. it totally was. Okay. I want it to be. You want it to be? We'll make it that way. <laughs> yeah. Like it is. Shut up. But like, to me, like, man, I was just completely in my emotions for this entire time. First off. She just goes, is Elliot here? I'm like, weren't you friends with Darlene as well? Like, why don't you want to see Darlene in this moment? Uh, I don't think that, like, I think that, you know, it's just like her mom is dying and it's one of those weird going away parties for, like, cancer people, which are always weird. Oh my god, please never let me have this kind of party. Like, if I have cancer, just, I don't know, get everyone drunk or something, because I could not handle this. I mean, we can all get drunk together and just not expressly talk about it. Can we just get a happier cake? Also, knock on wood, like, no cancer. I see you in the next life. Eh, cake? How about not? Let's not. I was like, wow, that's just... That's grim. And then I understand, like... Like, I'm sure some people were frustrated with the fact that little Angela was, like, not wanting to be around her mom and stuff. But, like, that's so overwhelming for a kid. And she's probably so frustrated that her mom has given up taking treatment. Which also, when uh, the lawyer lady who we saw back last season and everything sitting there talking with her mom, she's like, hey, I would be reminisced if I didn't bring this back up with you, you know, uh, hidden benefactors willing to pay for all your chemo treatment. And so there's a lot of swirling around that since her Angela's dad, I say that in quotations mark, gets up. Everyone's kind of pushing the price as Angela's biological father theory again. Huh. What, how do you feel about that creeping back into with how this episode plays out and everything and the last few episodes of Price giving Angela what she wants? Um, I think it's feasible. It, this gives it the most ground that we've seen so far in the series. Like, I never believed it until now. Like, I never believed in the possibility until I saw the way that the father reacted. Because the thing is, is that, like, I initially thought, okay, maybe he's upset that she's not taking the money. Yeah. Which is still possible. 
you know, like it could be something else. Like it could be that E Corp is trying to pay for it because it's hush money or something. Yeah. Or, you know, it even could be that, you know, someone we don't understand yet was doing it. But yeah, I mean, it it gives it ground, but it could also very easily be like an E Corp settlement and that father's just mad that she's not taking the money. But that was the first time I was like, okay. This has got some legs. Maybe. Okay. I'm not saying I, like, ship it. <laughs> but um, I do think it has, like, some water at this point. I, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to dig my little pond or lake a little bit deeper. And give a it a little pond. bit. Yeah, you know. I'm going to graduate it to the next level. So I feel like at 20%, I'm probably at like 40% in uh, believing this. And uh, What's the name of your pond? Um, Pond Mary Go F Yourself. <laughs> Alright, how about that? That's the name All of right. my pond. That's aggressive. And anyway, one, one last thing I want to say about this scene was just some great parenting by Mr. Robot. Yeah, like, because like, you never really think of him as a dad. No, not in the slightest. But throughout this entire scene, he's giving sound advice. Like, I was like, A-plus advice, Mr. Robot. Like, this is good. You are you can be a good dad, even though you low-key, you know, pushed your son out a window because no, you got mad at him. Which no no yeah. low-key, like, literally. Yeah. Front yard. But, I mean, his kid did tell his wife that you know he had cancer and everything didn't want his wife to know at the time are you really like no no i've seen worse no. I've seen what where when growing up and stuff friends okay your life is okay your life is fine i didn't say mine was worse i said i've seen worse okay uh-huh. but wooden spoons are very scarring let it be known yes but hey Shout out to any Mexican kids. Anywho. What? Nothing. Continue. I don't know anyone that didn't get beat with wooden spoons. <laughs> that was our childhood. Anyway. Anyway. Um, the next thing that we roll into is the conversation that you wanted to get into with Elliot and Angela. To where we jump right back into this tense fire. Not literal fire, because, you know, that's bad And later on in the episode. Metaphorical fire. Yes. Well, I mean, like, the, the craziest part about this is it sort of, like, gave another theory some ground. It did. One that you're not a very big fan of. If no, I recall our conversation, true. what we're talking about is Angela possibly having her own Mr. Robot um, personality, which would be her mother. And what gave it the most credence to me was when, at the end of the conversation, right after she rips her arms away from Elliot, she turns around and then just away from him is, what are you even doing here, Mr. Alderson? I remember you being fired today. So she just started talking in third person. She calls him Mr. Alderson, which I was like, wait, I completely forgot your last name was Alderson. I think that she did it just to disassociate herself from the situation because he did say at the beginning of the season, Angela always, like as soon as she gets close to anything that's going to hurt her, 
she runs away. But still, man, that is weird. Uh, she her tone changed, her voice changed, wording changed, everything. Yeah, I mean, but you know, even before this, when they were having the conversation, like I love the look that Remy Malik gives people okay. when he thinks they're crazy. Knowing that he's full well crazy the entire time. Like, he's just looking at her, he's like, people are going to die. And she's like, no one is going to die. And she is so firm in this belief, because she has to be. And she's so firm in the belief that they're going to, like, you know, save everyone? Yes. Time travel? Time travel? Time travel? Hold on, hold on. There, there's other theories around. Okay. And he's already ex time travel. Uh, well, you know, throwing us off the trail. Okay. But... You know, as you, as you said, she's adamant that nobody's going to die. She's like, don't worry. You know, they're going to empty it. And like, It's just so naive. Like, And it's kind of nice to see that because Angela was so naive in the first season. Like, that was, like, her whole character. Yes. And she's sort of gone to this, like, badass business lady-ness. And then, you know, she sort of returns back to her roots with, like, believing in people that she shouldn't believe in. Not necessarily believing in, well, I mean, unless you're just saying, like, people as White Rose, then yes. You know, she well, probably... I mean, she also takes Johnny Mustache at his word. True. She does take Johnny Mustache at his word. Which doesn't pan out very well for people, as we find out later in the episode. No, oh my god, I lost my... I was like, I lost my mind. Ugh. But... The thing about her was just, like, how she was able to, I guess, compartmentalize, even if people did die. Just, like, we will look back on these as the necessary deaths. I think that, okay, even if time travel is not what's actually happening in the show, which mm -hmm. I can get behind that idea. Like, even if time travel doesn't actually happen, she thinks it does. Or alternate timelines. I think that she is 100% on board with being able to go back in time and change things. I think it's so more... So for her, she's like, okay, if shitty stuff happens right now, mm -hmm. it's fine. We can just fix it. True. But I'm thinking it's leaning more towards, like, alternate timelines and messing with things like that. Like, you know, like if, when you reach a fork in the road, one time you go left, one time you go right, both things happen... But you can go back to it. So it's not yeah, necessarily time travel. It's just messing. It's like fourth dimension and alternate timelines. So no one ever really dies. You just kind of go over there. Okay. And Access I think, a different dimension and bring her mom yeah. back. Or they, he drops him and her and Elliot off into a timeline that both their parents still lived. I mean, either way, time manipulation. Yes. Time manipulation is going to be happening. It has okay. to. We can agree. On time manipulation. On time manipulation. Yes. But yeah, right. just going back to her having the ability to just be like, if they die, they die. Like By the end of that conversation, I was like, holy crap, Angela. Like, Can you listen to yourself? Like, I don't buy it, and I don't. I think that she's just saying uh, that to try and, like... Did you not see the end of the episode? She 100% buys it. 
I think she's in deep denial because she had no idea what was going to happen, and we don't know how she's going to react to this. It ended with her reading about the news. I think she's going to have a special <laughs> breakdown. She's got to. the whole time, she's like, they're going to evacuate, they're going to evacuate, they're going to evacuate. Like, she doesn't fully comprehend the consequences. Yeah, I mean, let's just finish Angela off, I think. Because, I mean, we go to this, and then what happens next with her is she gets on the subway. And first off, anytime somebody with some kind of mask, be nervous of them. Like, shaking his leg like yeah. I was like that dude's about to rob you like, <laughs> I was thinking that I was like man Granny is about to get robbed on the train and you know they're having a conversation moving back in with their kids all of that yada yada yeah Angela she's just kind of zoning out doing her own thing and on the subway you know these posters ever changing always being something different there is a uh, movie or yeah, it was an old movie, I think back in the 50s or 60s, called Repulsion, which has a lot to do with uh, kind of Darlene's storyline plot, but like when you typed it into Google and everything, the poster also had Caitlin Doubleday, or Kathleen Doubleday, which is Portia's sister. The amount of detail going into this show... Is insane. It's, it's like obscene. <laughs> like, like somebody was breaking down the similarities between Repulsion and Darlene's thing. Like, the entire yeah, within four hours of this thing being posted from a movie like, in 1963. Internet, you're a wonderful place. People are so committed. Like it's just like I'm so proud of the people who are fans of this show. Going the next step, like the extra mile, bravo. Yeah. Bravo to so all So then we're on the train. This dude starts, you know, robs the old ladies, takes their purses. <laughs> Obviously. And I just, like, what? And I was just like, yeah, naturally, as like we're going to be suspecting, these people are getting robbed. Yeah. So then he like, you know, points his gun at Angela. And I love that she's not doing anything. And honestly, the whole time, like... She wasn't giving him her purse. I was like, you don't have to give that guy your purse. He's not going to shoot you. Those were my exact thoughts, too. I was like, go, Angela. You've got like, this. Like, fuck this guy. He's not going to shoot you. Not over a purse. And then, like, the no. whole time she was like, I wasn't going to die. I was like, okay. Let's... No, no, no. They said you could have died. And then she says no one's going to die. And, like, obviously, I think that was meant to be, like, the whole Sage 2, all that kind of stuff. But, no, I think she's talking about, you know, time travel, alternate timelines, time manipulation. Like, I think... Well, yeah, but I think, like, ultimately, she wasn't talking about the train robbing situation. I think she was talking about stage two. No, yeah, she's just... Yeah, it's like it's like exactly like Darlene's train ride previously when she's, you know, having this situation where someone steals from her. Yeah. And she talks about the whole situation, like, you know, I stole from all of you. That's fair, I guess. I didn't even look at those two things being correlated, but no, that's a good catch. Yeah, especially because, you know, if you've got this, like, overlays with Darlene's storyline, yes. like, and her and Angela are definitely, like, especially at the end of the episode, connected. Well, speaking of them, you know, we get a nice little almost end scene. We're going to talk about most of it, just not the very end of it. 
A, Darlene crushed this episode. Like, yeah. I, I know she, we've said that a lot, and I know she has come a long way this season with just the material that they've given her. But holy hell was I not cracking up every time she was on screen. She just does. She's so irreverent. Like, I feel like that's the definition of her character. Like, she's just like, I'm here, gonna <laughs> shoot off middle fingers at yeah. everyone I meet. I guess this is paying darling. my bills and everything, like, whatever. Um, I'm just living my life. Wearing so, sweatpants. <laughs> just knocked on the door. And before she could even just, like, look through the peephole, open up, I can see your big ass eye. I've lost like, it. That made me laugh so hard. I was done. I was oh, like, she <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I can, I can imagine seeing Angela's big ass eye through this freaking peephole and just being like, don't try to act like you're not there. Yeah. And then, and I mean, you know, she gets in there and she's like, and she, like her and Elliot have like a come to Jesus conversation with Angela where they're like, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. Lady. And there's no two ways about it. And then just Darlene being her, you know, Darlene self. You bent us over the sink and you fucked us. Like, <laughs> and I was like, holy no shit. No No. Like, they went all out with this reference and everything. Like, it's a terrible reference, but I would just wish they would have done the uh, bent us over a barrel and showed us the 50 states. I don't know why <laughs> I wanted that to be what she said, but I did. Of course you would. You're a southern boy. That, that, that would have been hilarious if she if they would have kept that thing going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this would be the perfect, like, show to make that the offhanded reference. But, you know, regardless, Darlene still did it. Yeah, over and everything, bravo, 10 out of 10. I'm happy that they were willing to go the extra mile for this. And I also, completely side note tangent, I did not know that the FCC had no control over stations like USA and everything. Yeah. When did you read about that? Today, because they're cable, and so they don't—they're not the airwaves or anything. And you're also inviting them into your house because you gotta pay a premium on them. Yeah, yeah, like like it so, depends on the station. Well, like, like USA, stations like ABC and NBC yes. are subject. But like AMC, USA, Cartoon Network, and all those—it's just for advertisements. Well, they do. Mm. They do, they are subject to certain general broadcast rules, and that's just like, you know, for example, it's a universal media rule, now The Walking Dead said fuck this to this, but it used to be a universal broadcast rule that you can't violently kill a child. Oh, well, yeah, Walking Dead, they, they did kind of destroy no, all of that. like, it can be off screen, if you don't see it, it's fine, like yeah. that kind of thing. But, you know. Opening second. Season one, where he just domes little girl in the opening credits. Season one, yeah. 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 But the reason they got away with it is because she was already dead. Yeah, since they made her look super dead. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Anywho, back on to uh, the thing and everything. Darlene is tearing into Angela this entire time. And then she drops. I mean, we already knew that she was the person she was protecting from the FBI. But she drops that and everything and then says, give me a reason. And then just, just like, call the police. Him. Just call them. Get them here. And so do you think that she's also not worried just because she feels like White Rose will get her out no matter what? Or just because time manipulation? Um, I think that she is so 
she believes so desperately in white the rose. Oh. promise that white rose has made her yes that she believes that she is above any consequences that could possibly happen right now that's fair i, I can get behind that yeah i think she is just like so like nope i have to believe this i've i'm see i've seen so far ahead i know how it's going to end and, and not we're only be that, okay. she's like, I have to believe this or, you know, I've been wrong about all of this and I have to confront the consequences of my actions and I have to realize that I've been complicit in Murder. a lot yes. of bad shit. And that she's okay with it because, as she said, it's their plan. And she's just yeah. doing what their dad told her to, which was give them the push that was needed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think, I think Angela appears to be okay with everything because Mm -hmm. she has to be for her mental state okay now i mean say she wasn't and you know there was only a disorder that's been shown on the show for somebody to go escape this mental state while they're still going if only she had one of those okay okay you know if only there was a reason okay we'll find out on wednesday okay you know, because I, I am stoked to see how she reacts to all this. As am I. But also... And I have been for three episodes. Like, I'm like, I can't wait. Because I knew it wasn't going to go the way that anyone wanted. Like, I was like, I know something's going to happen. I don't. I didn't know what it was going to be. No. But I knew something was going to go wrong. But also, and so when it did... Huh. We'll see. I'm excited for it. it. Also, we have back in the Elliot and Angela conversation, which I blanked on, I apologize. She drops to Elliot that she knows who White Rose is. I completely forgot that he didn't know that she had had a conversation with her. Oh, yeah, because it's been such common knowledge to us for Mm -hmm. so long. And so, like, this is... I'm excited to see how this changes Elliot, you know, once he gets a minute at some point to think about everything that he's processed because he's going to have to have another conversation with her. I was like, he can't trust any of his women. No, he can't trust anyone, period. He can't even trust himself. No. But I just wanted to... Speaking of not being able to trust himself. Well, you want to just go into him or do you want to talk about Dom a little bit and Tyrell? I mean, I suppose, yeah. Like, you know, their 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 bit is pretty neat. Okay, so who do you want, Dom or Tyrell? Tyrell, because Tyrell makes me laugh, that poor little delusional crazy fucking puppy. Okay, so we'll go into Tyrell. And I think he starts with just, he's talking to Mustache Johnny, right? Yeah, he's just like, where, where's my family? Where's I my think, plane? Okay, like, where's no. what you promised me? I think we have to talk about Dom first. <sighs> All right. I mean, now just thinking about everything. Because Darlene calls Dom as... No, no, no. Dom goes to see Darlene. And they're sitting there having their conversation. And she looks at her partner. I don't like you. I don't like you. It's like, what are you, six? And I was just like... Yeah. It's like, Darlene, crushing it. Savage humor of a four-year-old. Let's do this. But doesn't care. Like, whatever. Like, she just doesn't care. Like, her and Angela, it's interesting because neither of them care, but in very different ways. Yes. But Darlene's like, like your natural 
like six year old I don't care Darlene is actually fuck it yes like she's just like whatever <laughs> I've got nothing to lose Angela doesn't care because if Angela cares she'll lose her damn mind yeah I think you put it about the best way possible yeah but you know we get the ludicrousness of TV Elliot immediately calling her and, you know, he comes to a realization, uh, Tyrell's at the Red Wheelbarrow. It's the only logical yes. place, you know, we got all this stuff. Boom, yada, yada, and gives the information to Dom and everything. They run it up the pole to Dom's, who we supervisor, now... Supervisor. Dirty. Very, very dirty, but also, I didn't know his name was Santiago. Great name. So all I can think about is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, snap. She is named Santiago. Yeah, ruined forever. Damn. Now this name's not nearly as cool. Nope. Like, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine was on before this character existed, so I was like, really? Okay. And I've watched a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know why that name didn't stay with me. Set you off. Yeah. But he comes up with a really good, like, actual reason. Of why they shouldn't just take the advice from Darlene. And yeah, I was really happy with that. I think so far. She yeah. went off the grid. You know, she won't wear wire or anything. I was like, holy crap. Like, you have a legitimate reason that Dom can't be mad at you for. It kind of reminded me of... Um, oh, gosh. I watched it the other day. The Badass Cop movie with, like, all the great male actors in it. <laughs> like... Leo and Matt Damon and blah blah blah. Oh, uh, the the Departed. The Departed. So I'm watching The Departed the other yes. day, and he that character reminded me of like how Matt Damon so flawlessly put people off the scent God. of his gang boss. Absolutely crushed in that entire movie. Yeah, and this guy was kind of like that. I can see that, and uh, so. You know, I'm going through the whole thing, and he gets him off the trail, and then he immediately texts Mustache Johnny. Like, hey. Location burnt. Take care of this. And I loved the conversation with his mom. Like, hey, don't get out. So, obviously, I don't think he knows that the Dark Army's changed their plan or anything. I think he just knows that something's going down. Yeah. And so, just... I was like, man, he just spent $70 on Insure, so his mom... Won't get that out. That made me laugh. Like, I guess they can one day deliver it to you, and it's like, bruh. That's insure. Like, you just go make that yourself. Like, you, you've got to make that delivery. Sure, that insure. Oh man, I was I was heartbroken for this man. Like so much money, and it's like, what's gonna happen to her at a convenience store, bro? I mean, just being out in the streets for the riots and everything. I mean, yes, I understand, but it's like, all right. But, I mean, also, she's not going to die one day without insurance. I'd be like, Mom, I'll get it for you tomorrow. It'll yeah, be okay. you can totally hear, like, the voice of that kind of lady. Oh, yeah, she was going to grab insure. She's still probably heading out to grab insure. She was probably, like, on her way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to get the vanilla, the strawberry, the chocolate, all of them. All the flavors. Going to mix them together and eat them up. <laughs> oh, God. And have you ever had insure? Yes. It's not it's good. Disgusting. Oh, it's miserable. And it's like that chalky stuff. It's like It's like if muscle milk was awful. Well, I mean it is, but to me I was gonna go with like it was like if that astronaut ice cream melted. 
Ew, yeah. Yeah, mm. all the way bad. So but anyway, we, get... we think he's throwing them off the trail, but Dom is like, fuck this. Because she's so, like, I, I loved because she's so fed up with how incompetent everyone is that she's just like, fuck it, I'll do it live. And it felt so real authentic to her character because we've seen her so be so irritated with like her job so often Mm -hmm. that it makes sense that she would completely break protocol and go behind people's backs to figure this out well not break protocol just you know they told her not to do anything they said they were going to put surveillance on the place and she went in she went to go grab lunch but like the the whole thing like it reminded me of like you and me where just be like you know, hey, you want to go grab lunch? Yeah, I, I could eat and stuff. No, like, do you want to grab lunch? And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm not going to lead us, but if you need someone to get in trouble with you, sure. Like, I just loved his face. Like, he turns <laughs> and looks around and he goes, yeah, well, I guess, I guess we're, we're going to lunch. <laughs> and then like, so he, has the, he has, like, the cool jacket grab off the back of the thing. And I was like, yeah. I and, can like, see. that dude's never been cool. Like, no. this entire show. And, like, in that moment, I was like, all right. Yeah. Like, Freaking whoever. Like, <laughs> get it. You own your three seconds of fame. You got this. But, and, she, and I just love her because she's just sitting there and she's, like, so frustrated. And, like, seeing her at a desk is so stifling, like, just knowing her character. Yeah. She needs... And she just turns to him and she's like, you want to grab lunch? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can eat. And she's like... No, 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 no. No, you want to... Grab lunch. You want to grab lunch? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> and I watched it with a friend and uh, they were like... Do you think he gets it? I'm like, yeah, he gets it. Like, By the end, he, he definitely gets he's about to break the law. Like, there, There's no doubt. Like, they're on the same page. <laughs> so then they go there. You know, they're staking out the joint. This is part of the very exciting part of the episode where everyone's, like, intercutting between all of the different scenes. Yeah. Like, like, it's already really stressful. Whoever the editor was during this process, I can't imagine that this was a fun time for them. I also want to know what the script looked like. It looked like a grenade went off in a confetti factory. That's because what the script I know like. that a lot of the times when you're switching point of views that quickly, you'll literally just bold the character name and then write underneath like one sentence of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because you don't like, it, it's just like, it's so much space. It takes so much time to be like interior hallway, you know, night, continuous. Elliot walks down the hallway and like bangs his head on shit. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, whatever. We're, we're going to get to that. Don't you worry. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you just try to throw that in there like it's a side piece. Whatever. No. So then uh, Dom goes in, being all profesh, whatever, trying to figure it out. I love that it's like the same girl at the counter yeah. every time. Like, does this girl, she looks like she's 15. Does she not go to school? What is she doing? Is yeah. she Dark Army? Are you Dark Army? There's no way she's Dark Army. I want her to be. Like, this is a legit business. But I have no idea. But I, as you, I did love that, you know, we have the same girl and everything. And then, so we know this season's like, what, six and a half weeks in? Yeah. From episode one to now? Yeah. What did we accomplish in season two? Nothing. Like, damn you, season two. You were a good season, but... We did nothing. Like, all of Miss 
Mr. Robot is good, but Mr. Robot has never been this good. No. But, you know, so we're like six and a half weeks in. And so I don't know why I cared about that so much, but I did. I mean, it's true because it just feels like there's been so much momentum this season. Like, it's just so well written. Like, because we were talking about, you know, the editing and the way that it would have been written. And it's just crazy that, you know, so much happened in this episode, let alone this whole season so far. And the fact that we had this insane thing happen in episode six, I'm like, what? What's going to happen at the season finale? Because this felt like not only a season finale, but it felt like it could have been a series finale. Nah. Well, I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, obviously it wasn't. But, I mean, like, there was enough in it that I've been like, holy shit. Like, we wrapped things up in a bow, and then we didn't. But, like, they could have easily rewritten one or two things, and boom, this was a series finale. I know. It's like, but, you know, they know what they're doing. Yes. Anyway, we left Dawn out in the cold. So... She comes in, she's not getting anything out of it, and then she's lucky that a fire begins. Basically, fire out of nowhere. And that fire out of nowhere comes from Tyrell being down there and lighting the instructions that Mustache Johnny gave to him. I want to know what the... Or, I mean, like, okay. So I really... So now we can go back to that. Yes. Okay. So Tyrell's being a child, as he is wont to do. And he's like, where's my family? Where's my child? I want to know what was on that piece of paper that made it, like, made him shut up. Because, like, we have this moment where, you know, I thought Tyrell was going to die. Yes. Because everyone's been calling, like, the whole episode, you know, like, freaking the, the dirty FBI agent is like, you know what you need to do, a.k.a. kill Tyrell. Yes. And then, like, you know, you're having other people talk to White Rose being like, ooh, you know, why would we use Tyrell anymore? We have, Ty- like, White Rose herself well, being like... Well, you know. It wasn't that. It was just White Rose said, this doesn't change anything. Go according to plan. Yeah, which, you know, is leads you to assume murder this guy. Yes. So, and, you know, you have that moment where he's reading the, like, he's got the instructions. And well, now like, Johnny turns around and goes, I'm sorry. True emotion. From and this car he was salesman. Legitimately sorry. Yeah, like, I don't know if he broke character, if it was written like this, whatever. Bravo. I felt it. Yeah, because like you can, you can just like like if he was faking, wow. But like it felt like he was actually sorry. Yeah, it felt completely genuine and everything, and it was like we lied to you, we used you. Like then Tyrell sorry. makes his like little prisoner. So do you think Tyrell well, broke? From the instructions, or do you think he followed these to the T? I think he followed them to the T. Really? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I think that, you know, he's got the whole thing with the handcuffs to make it look like he was... Kidnapped. Kidnapped. Or something. I think that he could be the wild card where he comes out, he's like, we have to stop the attacks, we have to stop the attacks. Who is... Tyrell going to blame the attacks on. Well, that's what I was about to ask is if this is all according to plan, who does it get pinned on? Yeah, and that's that's why they need Tyrell. He is the most wanted criminal in the world. Well, back in... I think it was earlier this season when he's talking... When he's uh, talking to the uh, guy he gets to run Trump's campaign, like quote-unquote... Yeah. He says that 
I think it was in that episode when he's talking to him, he says, hey, F society needs to have Israeli roots. And so maybe, like, that's who Tyro's going to try to blame this on? I just know that it's definitely, I think part of it is definitely to throw blame off of the Dark Army. Okay. But there's no blame on the Dark Army right now anyway. But, you know, like, yeah, but of course, White Rose would be, you know, multiple steps ahead of any kind of blame. True. I just don't see how getting Tyrell to escape and then just... It's a distraction. It's a very good one, because I have no idea where it's going. Like, if you have the world's biggest criminal coming out in the midst of what happened, and he blames it on someone particular, people are going to believe it. Why would they believe it if it's the world's biggest criminal? Everyone's just going to be like, no, we're not going to believe anything you say. We don't know what the rest of the instructions said, but, you know, I think it'll be compelling enough evidence to at least sway things a certain way. Maybe. It's going to be interesting. I I mean, I can't wait to see where it ends up leading us. Yeah. But so, so he's yeah. he's got this fire. He's got the fake handcuffs and everything. Dom. I know that Dom doesn't buy it. No. Well, and this is where I think this is like the first time she breaks the law because she goes back into the uh, employee section and everything, and that's where she sees the fire and everything. Well, it's like we know that, but she got real lucky with that fire, and yeah. she tells you know her boss, "Oh, I saw the fire, so I went in." Lying. 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 Like a filthy animal. But anyway, it is fine. She finds this fire and everything. She's like, hey, it's coming from the back room. Cool Steve's back in the car. He's like, hey, there is no back room. And she's like, okay. The the fire's coming from inside the house. Yeah. You know, yada, yada, yada. She heads down there. I'm actually a little terrified as she's going through this. You know, it's really smoky, super dark. Yeah, it was kind of horror-esque, and I was, like, legitimately not not okay. I was not okay. I didn't even think she was in the right place. I was like, holy crap, maybe he's Where not. Where are we? I was like, I don't remember seeing these stairs in, like, this little first entrance room. And, and like, all of this stuff. And so, like, I was like, dude, they just okie-doked us. But, no, <laughs> like, we get down there, we see the bed and everything, and then there's this trippy fake brick wall. That leads to God knows where. Where all the, you know, the Dark Army people have been going that we've never seen. Yeah, and so... leads. I wish we would have seen a little bit more of that and everything. That would have made I mean, more sense. They've got a lot to play with in the next episode, which is what makes it so exciting. Yes. Like, I, I haven't been this excited to, like, keep watching the next episode of a series in, like, a minute. It, and have to wait for it. Like, that, that's the yeah. important thing, is that we're having to, we don't get that binge sensation of, oh, it's right there at our fingertips. Like, no, we have to sit and think about everything that's going on, which is a reason why I still love this show. Actually watching, you know, on TV, as yes. opposed to things that come out in entire seasons. But, so, overall, she's telling Santiago everything and he's like, look, even though you completely disobeyed orders, went maverick, we can still use a lot of this to get Tyrell in the long run. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, you are doing a really good job of covering your tracks. Mm-hmm. 
It's like you still get to blame her for disobeying you and everything, and you get evidence, and Tyrell doesn't get caught. Like, when whole... does this guy get anything like thrown back in his face? It's like he got dealt pocket rockets, aces, and someone got dealt like queens, and he's just riding it all the way to the bank. Thing of beauty, well played. Love the writing for him and everything. Those it'll, are just... it'll come back to him eventually. Probably, but not by the law or anything. But, I mean, it's just, like, you appreciate to see those little things, those little details that are taken care of that make yeah, it more believable. Yeah, he's not even that important, and no. yet, he's getting know, it matters. Yeah, like, I mean, they're putting attention into his writing and everything, and that matters. Yeah. And So, that brings us to... Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, White Rose and Mr. David Price. Because their dedication to awkwardness and laughter in these scenes. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was like, that brings us to our fabulous Jewel Tone Disco. Yes. Which, uh, shout out to Sam Esmail again for somehow sneaking in jabs at Trump. So good. And I just, I like love that whole scene. Because, like, I, I love that they have this moment of where you know that even though... White Rose has, like, this other plan. Yes. She was having a legitimate human laugh. Okay, there's a lot of controversy of did B.D. Wong actually laugh, or was this completely faked? And I'm thinking, personally, like, B.D. Wong didn't know what he was going to say. And so when he just goes, I think he's referred as hanging brain, and, like, she just spits it. Because she literally has, like, a spit audible take of, like, the champagne going out. Well, and, and I love that one. scene because it's it's so accurate to, like, rich people bullshit. Yes. Because Price is like, oh, my God, are you going to that boat party? And he wants, like, don't remind me. And they're, like, you know, having this whole thing. <laughs> the shorts like, are a little too I would too say snug. his shorts are a little too tight and a little too short. I believe they call that the hanging brain. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. But... I, I And then not only that, but it goes back to how I imagine like Rich Thing is just like, after both of their plans have been discussed, it's, we literally have nothing in common. And like, but yeah, they have this awkward, like, they've done the plan, they tried to have the small talk, it didn't totally work, and then it's just like, a legit, yeah, okay then, bye. It was like a legit 30 seconds of just complete awkward silence, and I'm laughing, like I'm losing it hysterically. I'm like, you're dedicating this. In the midst of everything that's going on, you're giving us just 30 seconds of awkwardness because two people don't know how to talk to each other. Because they can. Fantastic. And then how does he break the silence and everything? Price he looks... Literally, at- he literally is just like, well... No, he just... Gives him the weirdest look on his face and says, "Good." It's just like, "Good, I, good. I'm gone. I, I don't know what's going on." Like, I guess we're done. And I was like, <laughs> "All right." Oh, absolutely loved it. Those little small things, and then uh, I don't remember when this happened in the episode. I just love seeing Darlene come out of the house and those little Girl Scouts trying to sell her whatever they're trying to sell. Like, not today, girls. <laughs> They've really committed to the weird humor this season. Oh, and I love it so much. Like, so much of just like that. And, like, you know I can't deal with awkwardness. Like, if someone gets shot down trying to ask somebody out, I'm hiding. 
But during the Price and White Rose scene, I, I couldn't look away. Like, because it, it was done so, like, like, it's two powerful men. Yeah. You know, having an awkward moment. So it's like, they just sort of kind of let it happen, though. It's just like, all right. And then they just leave. I felt like that was all just one take. Beautiful. Let's get on it. It was so nice to see, like, two at odds, like, enemies have a human moment. It was refreshing, and it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice in a weird way, but it was still nice. How long do you think he has to film the entire season? Not enough time? Oh, my God. TV is backbreaking. Like, the schedules are dumb. Like, I guarantee you most of those performances are done yeah. in under three takes. Because, like, I know Walking Dead, they had, we were blessed enough to talk to the director of the second episode. She had nine days, I think, for her entire episode. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, like, their pace is disgusting. That's insane. Yeah. But now we are on to Elliot who we had running around like a chicken with his head cut off and everything, finally decides, (laughs) this poor man finally decides, boom, I've got to go to the hub and everything. Makes his way through there and everything, grabs a nice little security badge, realizes his uh, bomb call without there ever being a chance of a bomb being there wasn't really the brightest idea. I love that his ideas are just failing yeah. left and right. Like, in small ways. He's like, oh, it worked. Oh, but it didn't. But it grants but it didn't. Him. Yeah. And he's coming back in, and it's like, we have all these, like, little moments while he's making his way up. Like, those security guards looking at the girls going into E-Corp, which was so weird. Well, it's like, I, if we, like, they were way too hot to be working there in whatever capacity you know, that they're doing. Let's be real. I love that people say that, though. Like, she's way too hot to be doing X. And it's like, what are we supposed to do when we're hot? Just, like, lay on a beach somewhere and drink margaritas and money just falls out of the sky? Yeah. That's not... No. But also, like, you're not going to be dressing like that to be an accountant. She was wearing an A-line skirt and a fitted white blouse. No. She had. She happened to have a good body in appropriate work attire. I'm sorry. I'm imagining these people to be like 60 years old to be that powerful working in that building. No, that's not how that works. Who works in tech? Freaking 20-year-olds. People our age, 20, 30-year-olds work in tech. It's still all run by old people. Yeah, run. Not the workers. The workers are all our age. That's probably fair. Yeah. I just imagined it as all, like, the old, like, 60-year-old people and everything. And no, so that's I was just like, the people that, like, run the boards. So I was just like, you're way too hot to be, like, the 60-year-old person that I'm imagining working here. No, it's totally fair. Like, that made sense. Then, yeah, I guess. But there was just so many, like, other out-of-shape, old-looking people in lines. Well, like, yeah, I mean, like, there's a there's a distribution of people working different jobs, but as far as, like, sales... And, you know, tech and, and IT and stuff, that's all young people. True. So, anyway, when he stole the key card, though, I was very confused. I was like, what just happened? Oh, what? one of the least smooth pickpockets that we've ever seen in modern tele- television history. 
I was like, I don't, I don't agree with this, but whatever. But yeah, Stolik gets on the elevator and everything, hops to a little room. We see another fish, which I, I don't honestly understand the symbolism of all the fish. Yeah, I mean, it was a barracuda. And I remember sitting there being like, okay, why do we keep coming back to the Barracuda? Like, who's the Barracuda? So Barracudas, if you watched Finding Nemo, are scary fish that eat other fish. So I'm like, is this sort of like an encroaching Mr. Robot thing? Is this just supposed to give you like an ominous feeling? And then all I could think about was like set design, painting that wall teal and making (laughs) it look like the worst room ever. (laughs) But... I mean, there's fish just all throughout. I mean, we have Beta. We have the three fish in the taxi cab and the scene coming up and everything. So I, mean, I love like, that. I love that shot of him in the taxi, by the way. I love that. It's so good. But anyway, like, you know, he realizes everything's going on. So he starts hacking on his laptop and everything. And then right before he can hit enter, glitch. Like, he realizes... Mr. Robot comes back. And this is also where we see Elliot in the Mr. Robot jacket. It was actually in this scene. When he's back up against the wall. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Which, you know, bravo to everyone who did. It took me, like, the third watch. And uh, you see him in the jacket and everything, which was pretty cool. I mean, I love I love when he, like, gets back into the building. He gets back on the computer. Well, first, the... like, you know, he gets in the taxi cab and everything. You know, we have him in the jacket and everything. Goes to taxi. He's like, hey, when did I get tell you this address 20 seconds ago, yada, yada. Mr. Robot did everything he needed to, hid the computer and everything. Why Why does he keep the key card? Oh, man. Uh, this was just a huge plot hole I couldn't get past. Like, I, I hate that. I did hate that. I remember being like, how did he get back in? And we see him use the key card back throughout. So it's just like the simplest solution that solves all of this just for Mr. Robot. Just away. Yeah. Because story and plot. Like, man. Like, I don't think there's any other way that they could have done it, but that is just a big glaring hole. Yeah. Because... I mean, he gets back in after this fabulous scene with this taxi cab. Like, I really enjoyed. <laughs> I'm so happy. You know, I finally got t- flagged down. This hasn't happened much since 5-9 and everything. These are my three goldfish. Fatty, Queenie, and something whatever talking about like her family and i'm like that's fabulous taxi cab whatever so then you know he gets out he gets back in and he starts trying to communicate with mr robot in this computer lab with one rando stranger who's getting real suspicious oh yeah and i love this guy when elliot walked back in that second time i was like elliot oh my god be (laughs) more suspicious like try like you were the most suspicious person that has ever been suspicious in the history of being suspicious (laughs) yeah that that pretty much explains him like god it's the worst like honestly like every time he's doing something he's not supposed to i'm like elliot oh my god act like a normal person please please Uh Elliot's like the one guy who's trying to sneak into a casino who's not old enough yet. He's just like, I'm not confident in anything. He should have been like me, you know? Just, 20 years old, just walked in. And just been like, you know, deal with the plebs behind me. Everyone was all worried about me getting into the casino, and I just... Strolled in like you in. owned the place. Yeah, and it worked. It did, mainly because you didn't gamble. 
yeah, but you know, I. Yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, you acted like you belonged there, and no one questioned you. Yeah, which freaking anyway. So he gets on the computer. He starts trying to communicate with Mister Robot. He says, "You know, we're not murderers," which is definitely what triggers. Yeah. Mr. Robot, and then he comes back, <laughs> like he's destroying the computer lab, and he's like, I guess he didn't like my question, and the dude's against the wall, like, what the fuck, just, I'm like, okay. It's just like, I love that we didn't even get to see it. Like, I love that the whole room is just destroyed. I love imagining it. Yes. I love thinking about that moment when he just gets up and starts like, ah, like out, just computers around. He's just like, Oprah, you don't get a computer. You don't get a computer. Nobody gets computers <laughs> to hack on. I just like, I don't know, like, what's going on? Like, just, and then Elliot, like, looks at him. He's like, oh, God, stumbles over the trash can, running out of the building and everything. And as he's running, did you see the posters on the wall? These are, like, yeah. first-generation Macs. Yes. Like, why do you have posters of the oldest computers known to mankind? Technology, man. I don't know. Absolutely loved it. I don't know if this was a sign. If it was, let us know. Fish, old Max, like, help us out, Sam. Like, we don't understand. But... Those posters were hilarious. Like, the only thing I can think of is when, when movies are showing fish and fish tanks... Um, it's like a representation of the, the character feeling overwhelmed and like, like he can't handle his life and usually he can't. I don't know if it's necessarily overwhelmed as much as trapped or if well, we want to lump those too, as the same like, thing. He's overwhelmed and like he does lose like, okay. So in the graduate, which is like one of the most classic films of all time. Okay. Uh, basically the movie is about. Uh, this guy who comes back from college and he's like, you know, summa cum laude, amazing and all these things, like the best school student ever. Okay. But then he's like, okay, what do I do as an actual person? And there's this scene that's been copied forever and ever and ever where he's sitting in front of a fish tank. And in film buff history, it's been marked as like, okay, him sitting in front of the fish tank is a representation of him feeling overwhelmed and feeling trapped. So I think that, you know, Sammy would have watched The Graduate and probably might might at least partially be buying into that. Okay. That would give us some credence and everything, and I like it because overwhelmed and trapped, pretty much the same thing. And they are putting it in situations where Elliot feels like he can't escape. Well, I mean, The Graduate also has an anti-ending. Like, he does what he thinks is right. Okay. And it doesn't turn out well. Ooh. I love things like that. Yeah. I might have to give so, that a watch or we, you know, we watch. It, it might be, like, a similar thing because, like, it's actually funny now that I'm really thinking about it. Like, you know, we get the end where Elliot is, like, falsely happy. Yeah. And in The Graduate, he's, like, falsely happy, and then you see the truth is way worse. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But, anyway, he goes on to try to get to the uh, hard drive disk room and everything so he can manually set this all off. And the dedication to of Rami Malek. himself up. Is phenomenal. Like, do you remember when I said I really want to see Elliot as Mr. Robot more? Yes. <laughs> they heard us and they were like, let's 
watch Mr. Robot beat the shit out, out of, of Elliot. Yes, and like obviously there's been Fight Club undertones all throughout, but this just takes the cake. Yeah. Throwing like, yourself like the commitments to some of these like throws against the wall to where like he's just full on up throwing his back into it or just my favorite was when he banged his head against the pipe and like that dude he passes just like are you okay and he's like whatever like yeah dude i'm good and then like he goes back to another pipe looks at it wham (laughs) (laughs) the dude's just like looking at him like uh i'm gonna keep going this way like this is what i'm gonna continue to do and i mean like but he gets there and what I really loved about this whole ending mm-hmm. is the fact that he actually manages to reason with Mr. Robot. Because yes. the thing that Mr. Robot hates more than anything in the world is feeling like he's not in control. Yes. And he realizes that he's been lied to and he's been swindled. Do you think he's been swindled or anything? Yeah. Well, because Mr. Robot didn't know... The end. Nobody knew. But we don't know that Mr. Robot didn't know the end. I don't think he did. So you think he got played by White Rose as well? Well, yeah, because Elliot uses the argument, there are no paper fires, there are no paper files here. There is nothing here. Help me make this happen because there's nothing here for us to destroy. They lied to us. So, did, do you think Mr. Robot doesn't figure it out and be like, oh, they're in all 71 locations, I give Elliot this win, and he thinks I'm off the hook? I mean, maybe, but honestly, I think that they're together in this, because I think we've seen them at odds forever, yeah. and I would be really interested to see them as a unit, and I think that's what's about to happen, but like a real unit. Okay. Not so, like Mr. Robot pretending to be his friend, but actually... Using him. So now it's Elliot, Mr. Robot versus White Rose. Yeah. I still... Look, I want to believe that because I think that's going to make for a better show and everything. But there's still the whole Leon connection. There's still uh, Mobley and Trenton. And I... I still think that we have to get more Elliot and Mr. Robot feuding. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be besties, but I think that they're going to have a common goal and they're going to have to come together on this. And you think... Because, like, you know, he says to Mr. Robot, like, we're not murderers. Mr. Robot doesn't want to kill anyone. I don't think Mr. Robot cares. I I think he knows the ultimate timeline as well. Or the ultimate. I think maybe, but at the same time, I don't think he does. I think he just wants to stick to the plan as he thinks it's supposed to be. He just wants to take down E-Corp. Okay, but this still accomplishes that. This is that. This is the final nail in that coffin. I don't know. I don't think that Mr. Robot wants a bunch of people to die. Well, speaking of a bunch of people, that is way too few. As we find out by the end of this episode, as Dom runs over to a tackled Tyrell, as he's screaming, you've got to stop the bomb, you've got to stop the bomb. No, he says you have to stop the, the attack. attacks. Correct. Attacks. Plural. Attacks as in terrorist attacks. Yes. Which leads into the things you said about the Israeli connection. Which I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tried to, like, put this whole thing to terrorism. Because, like, you know, 
what this what this show recently has been showing is how easy it is to commit an act of domestic terrorism. Yes. And it can so easily be attributed well, to that. maybe not easily do an act of terrorism, but well, you have to be it. smart, but it's yeah. it's easier than you would think. Oh, this is kind of like in, like to me now, like I'm like this kind of thing is highly possible. Like a seventy one explosions all at the same time and then yeah. just crippling everything. Easily doable. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I mean, I think that Tyrell is going to divert blame, like I said, probably in a terrorism way. So, anyway, the end happens. Um, turns out that... Elliot has no reason for all this. wasn't... Even a target. Cool at all. No. Yeah. And, and I love that White Rose was just giving Elliot a distraction this whole time. Because, like, you know, when he was in that, you know, big... Like, oh my god, what's it called? Hydron thing. Yeah, the uh, Hydron Particle Accelerator. Boom. There it is. And he was so, like, big picture. Yes. And he's always been so big picture. And then we have this moment where it's like, oh no, he was going after all the other plants. Yeah. So it's like, he never wanted the paper to be consolidated. So I'm wondering. Well, I think he did. It just well, no, ended up changing. Yeah, here's my thing. Here's my thing. When he saw that Elliot had screwed with it, I think he changed the plan to just bombing yeah. them all. Yeah, he pivoted. He understood, like, the importance of a pivot, of an adjustment. Which just shows how deeply he just doesn't value human life, because thousands of people are yes. dead. As news reports are telling us, thousands are dead. Like, and we're just getting started. But 71 like, explosions, like... Holy shit, like these buildings we saw in the New York office, they hold like a lot of people. 70, it's like 71 World Trade Centers. It's insane. Like, that's so many people. And Like, the the show's recover, like the recovery episode, which is what Wednesday is going to be, is the recovery episode. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to recover from it. Like, I, I think we're still going to be going balls to the wall there. But it's going to be so great. Like, it's just, it's so great. And I, I like I told you, I audibly gasped. Yes. I loved that the news report continued over the credits. Yep. Because I love uh, sound being used that way. And I was so pissed at the end because I thought they weren't going to tell us what happened. Like, as he was walking up to the TVs, I was like, you better fucking tell oh. me what happens. I swear to God. And then it told and then us. once they did, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can't see me, everyone, but I'm just, like... You're losing it. Dead. And... D-E-D, dead. And I had texted you right before because I thought the episode was over. And I was like, there's no way they... And then I texted you immediately after, like, oh, shit. Like, I can't like, believe they just... there's no way. Yeah, you were like, that cheeky bastard, there's no way they're coming back from this. And I was like, what? And then you saw the bajillion text messages from me and everything. Yes, I did. Oh my uh, god, so good. And I, I mean, I truly believe this was easily a top ten episode of television. Yeah, it was. It was definitely the best episode of Mr. Robot that's ever happened, which is upsetting for me to say because the one take was also so amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this just comes in right after. It's like, oh, you want to be the best episode? Hold my beer. I'll, I'll <laughs> let me go rail this out real quick. Let's go. Let's go have a conversation about this. 
But, I mean, phenomenal episode. Where do you think we're going next week? Um, I think... Get a little prediction out there for everybody. I think that we're going to see Angela lose her mind because she was complicit in the death of thousands. Okay. I think that Elliot and Mr. Robot are going to have a conversation for the first time, like this season. Um, like a legitimate, like they used to when they really talked. Yeah. Um, I think that Tyrell is going to blame it on terrorism okay. or some kind of other group. Yeah. And Dom is not going to buy it. So Dom will eventually actually become useful to Elliot and all of them because they're probably going to push to show that it was the Dark Army. Okay. And I think Elliot is going to go after Angela to tell him who it is. Well, he knows this White Rose and the Dark Army. Well, yeah, but it's like, you know, just to, like, you know, try to figure out, like, how to, you know, bring them down. Because that's what really needs to happen, because they're the biggest terrorist group that, like, (laughs) ever. Um, I like a lot of what you're saying. I think we get Elliot, Darlene, and Angela all together, which is a rarity. I'm excited for that. I, I just want them to, like, shit on Angela. Just, like, no. I think we're going to get some kind of form of that in this, in this next episode. I think Leon... Will uh, resurface. Resurface with Angela, or with Trenton and Mobley. And that's going to... Really? I don't think they're a character anymore. There's a reason that they were brought up in the season finale last year. And they're, they're not just off to the wayside. All right. And Elliot's going to need bodies. Like he, he just needs warm bodies to type. Yeah, that's true. I think Tyrell's going to walk out scot-free. I think he is for now. Yeah, somehow. I think based on his dis- uh, instructions, but I'm really interested to see how he reacts. Like if he doesn't already know that his family is dead and gone. Mm-hmm. I would love to see how he reacts to his family being dead and gone. Oh, that had to be in the letter. they blamed... No, no, no. That had to be in the letter. Huh? So that had to be in the letter. Like, it had to be, but he didn't react at all. I don't know what to tell you. That had to be in the letter. I need to know what was in that letter. Yeah. That had to be in the letter. I refuse to believe anything else. I think if Tyrell walks scot-free, or even if he's in prison, I think him and Elliot will talk. Like, I think there's a lot... But I think the big thing that's going to happen is I think Price is going to shoot a shot at White Rose. I think that happens this next episode. I don't know what that shot is. But... I think, like... And I don't think it's going to land. No, but I think it'll be... There will be an attempt. Yes. And I'm going to be... And I'm most interested with how I think White Rose is going to handle it. Yeah. Like, because she just won. Big. Which also, I don't know if you remember this, but China invested $2 trillion into E-Corp with a, a no-interest loan. But the most important thing is they're the majority uh, stakeholder, essentially, you know, with the loan and everything. Yeah. E-Corp has to be bought, up, bought out now. So does China just essentially inherit the biggest conglomerate conglomerate 
in the world? I think so. I think not only did he get the Congo, he got Igorp. Like, he just got... And it's like, did he do it just to do it? No, I I think there was a very big reason in becoming absorbing E Corp and everything and setting all this into motion. Which power, you know, the whole thing. Completely kneecapping price, your biggest enemy and everything, after he gives you exactly what you want. Which like I knew something had happened when I saw when we go back to that dinner and you see that waiter like lean over and like say something to Price because it just reminded mm-hmm. me of like when that secret service agent like leaned over to Bush while he was like reading that book to those kids like on 9-11 yeah to tell him what had happened it was like just like that it was terrifying yeah and then we get the whole 71 buildings I was like holy shit but so bad and the important thing with the Congo is that's where cobalt can be turned it's like there's a huge thing of that and the big thing with that is cobalt 60 can be turned into the most radioactive deadly bombs in the world what makes them so bad is the radiation stays for like two generations yeah it's and so there's a lot of talk that that can be done with this that white rose is planning on using that from the congo to turn into weapons which i think is a little too dark for the show but, I don't know, man. They just killed thousands of people. Yes, but they didn't take on generations and everything and turn them into nuclear warheads and every and. Whatnot. I don't think they'd use them, but I think that they would make the threat of them. And so I'm interested to see where all of this goes, but um, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. This fabulous episode. I don't think we really left anything out. We might have... Scatterbrained it a little bit, but I think we touched on everything. You know, we did our best. <laughs> but uh, if we missed something, y'all love the episode and everything, please feel free to give us a like, listen, comment, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Podbean. We're on pretty much everything, YouTube. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What do you think is going to happen in the next episode? Are you ready for Leon to be back into our hearts? And I think that's about it. Yep. All right. Well, until next week, I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. Have a good one.